Wrapping up the preseason on today's Peacock and Williamson, some trades, some potential trades still with Trey Lance, Josh Jacobs back, Jonathan Taylor. The deadline is looming on that deal as cut down day looms as well around the NFL. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are one. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere. You get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, um, a lot has happened since we last spoke, especially with the the team I cover, the San Francisco 49ers, Matt. And uh, I know you wanted to speak about this today. I've spoken about it a lot already. There's so many different angles, so many different reasons why the 49ers, I mean, kind of shockingly, when you think about the process of how all of this has gone down for uh, a top three quarterback entering his third season already traded away and only for a fourth round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a historic event. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of unprecedented and rarely do you see such a turn of events or I don't even want to say he's a bust. I think that's too too harsh on the kid. You know, it's not like Jamarcus Russell just couldn't do it, you know, but I mean, it's such a strange turn of events. I think it's well worth it for Dallas. I mean, people don't look at Dak in this light, but Dak is a very cerebral, tough-minded quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage sees the field I'm not sure I could come up with, with a much better mentor for Lance than Dak Prescott it's funny because Eric Crocker and I on the locked on 49ers podcast there was a lot of comps thrown out for Trey Lance coming out of the draft and everybody goes to the top of the list and like oh my god this, this could be their Josh Allen right big right, tall right, right, guy right. can run and in throw big arm all that stuff and Croc and I we're like, you know what? I think it's actually maybe Dak Prescott is the best hmm. for physically and, and what, uh, what's a younger, is. more running Dak Prescott, you know, yeah, exactly. doesn't right, run yeah. much. Right, right. And so, um, it's interesting that now he's going to be his backup. Presumably he'll earn the number two job eventually, you know, he's not going to run, walk in there and be the backup probably in week one. It might take some time. And if there's a Dak injury, who knows, maybe Trey Lance gets a chance to play, but from that perspective, I don't know if it's a great fit because there's such an entrenched quarterback there. You know, teams like Tampa or, you know, Tennessee or Washington or, you know, there's a lot of teams that were thrown out there as potential. And by the way, the Buffalo Bills were the other team that apparently was the closest to Trey, yeah. Trey Lance. So it's really interesting there. Um, but, man, a fourth. Can I stop yeah. you real quick? Because yeah. I hadn't thought of that angle. But does that mean the league views him as a backup and not necessarily a potential future starter or probably a combination of both. I think there were a, a, a few teams that were super high on Trey Lance. Obviously okay. the 49ers were one of those. And I think there were probably a lot of teams just because of who the prospect was coming out of the draft. You think about a guy who was FCS football 
one season. And it was an immaculate season. He, he threw 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions yeah. in an undefeated season to win the FCS championship. It was, it was like as perfect a season a, a player could have. His redshirt freshman year, he's a, he, I think he was 19 years old when that season happened, right? And it was so perfect. And then COVID happened, so we didn't have the next season. Um, and so there was just so much with his profile that uh, it came out that the Dallas Cowboys had a second round grade on him. And I think some teams probably had a late first round grade. Some teams had a top 10 grade mid first. Some teams probably didn't know how to grade him at all because it's like, we don't have enough to go on. And yeah. it's such a rare prospect, height, weight, speed, smarts, all this thing we like, but as far as the tape, there's one year of it two years ago from FCS level. So it's, it was a difficult prospect. And I think everyone is just everywhere with him. And he hasn't shown anything to make you think that he's going to be a starter in the NFL. But like you mentioned with, you know, the all the other quote unquote busts, he hasn't shown that he's that either because he hasn't shown anything. So mm-hmm. he's just this complete unknown who hasn't played in three years. And uh, so I think that was what was difficult about getting any kind of value for the 49ers in a trade. But at the same time, I don't see how some teams like, you know, Tennessee before the draft, by the way, Trey Lance is younger than Will Levis. You know, you, you could have right, got right. a third or fourth round pick for Trey Lance in that Tennessee situation. That would have been something, right? But Rand Carthons, the new GM, came from the 49ers front office. If he wasn't fighting for it, come on. I, like, he should have gone to Vrabel and knocked down the door and said, dude, we can go get Trey for a third rounder if he still thought highly of him like they did in the draft. You think highly of him enough. So the fact that he didn't, no, kind of telling. Right. I, I, just, yeah. I don't know what the, the, the disconnect was. The 49ers clearly didn't worry about losing him and they don't seem like they're too worried about him becoming a superstar somewhere else especially a rival team like the dallas cowboys so um i think you know you have to a lot of people will tell you things on a microphone but you just have to look at the situation and 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 read the situation as what they did the 49ers for whatever reason he's too far out they're not worried about it and nobody was interested like like darnold was who was the third overall pick still got traded away after three seasons of bad sure. football and got a lot more in return. But so he's Wentz. just so yeah, right. unknown. Right. And Wentz. So I have yeah. no idea what to expect from Trey. Um, without an injury to Dak, he's not playing this year. He needs to play. I don't know if there was a great landing spot for him. He needed to get traded somewhere before the draft and have a better opportunity to, to, mm-hmm. uh, to compete during camp for a place to play. When that didn't happen, I think that really hurt Trey. Yeah. And I just double checked because they, it's not a huge contract, but they also gave Cooper Rush a little bit of money, a two year deal. He's not the worst backup in the world. They've had success with him. So Lance is still going to have a challenge, and it's not going to happen quick either way to get the two job. You know, I mean, Rush oh, yeah, he's, 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 right. he's number three, just like he was with the 49ers walking yeah, in yeah. to Dallas and has an opportunity. He has a, at least a cleaner slate to try to, you know, win some people over. But I find it interesting that Jerry Jones said he didn't even ask. Uh, he didn't talk to Dak about it, and he didn't talk to Mike McCarthy about it before making this trade. <laughs> Those two trade. guys wake up and go, okay, I guess we got a new quarterback in the quarterback room. So it's kind of. really, really just a bizarre situation from start to finish. The 49ers drafting a guy who had to play as much as any prospect we've ever seen. We, we talked about this, I think, before on this show, Matt, where the only player, and please, somebody, if you can think of one, come up with it, let me know. The only player that I've ever been able to think of that has ever been drafted, period, that didn't play the season before his draft. Now, I'm not talking top five pick. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. first-round quarterback. I'm talking about any quarterback ever that I can think of was Matt Castle, seventh-round pick. 
because he was a backup liner. Right. Okay. Wow. That's how rare of a, a prospect Trey Lance was, which is why from the beginning, the process of spending those three first round picks to go up and get that prospect. And then your plan is to continue to let him sit. And then you're at that point in season two, you're one injury away from him, not having a career with you. Just bad process from the start. I didn't, I didn't think Trey, I thought Justin Fields was the best prospect. Mm-hmm. If you're going to swing, I thought he was a better prospect at the time. So to be honest with you, the process of the trade, they traded up in March before they were done with their evaluations. They had not ever met in this is COVID off season. They had uh, the pro days. Hadn't they hadn't gone to all the pro days yet. They hadn't met any of the prospective quarterbacks. They were going to draft at number three in person when they made the trade. That's Finish crazy. the evaluation before you make that trade, right? So that's the, the flaw. I mean, and, and obviously, you don't have to go to three if you like five quarterbacks. And we saw him fall. Mac Jones was maybe the guy that Kyle Shanahan liked the most at the beginning. Guess what? He would have been there for you at 12. So, like the process from the trade up, when they did it, who they ended up picking, and then the development plan, and then executing the development plan, the 49ers botched it all. But along the way, the 49ers have put together an amazing roster. So, usually, Coach GM fired when something like that happens. Not even close to the case with the 49ers. They're a Super Bowl contender still. So they got away with a debacle of a trade among one of the worst draft trades and uh, I can ever remember because it was missed and, you know, bad luck on top of it along the way. But it wasn't like, a, like you mentioned, it wasn't a bust. Like, a, like there's a chance like he's smart, work ethic. He's still yeah, talented. Yeah. Like, you just don't know because he hasn't played yet. So you said a lot there. I mean, it, it makes the trade look worse that, you know, Waddle went. I mean, the guys that end up being the picks were stars too. You know, I mean, like, I, I want to crazy. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But I want to say something yeah. about that too because that was because a lot of people go in hindsight and they're like, oh, uh, you know, oh, you can't say tra- trade was you can't say it was a bad trade because you know they thought they had to get up to number three for this and uh, that's all hindsight. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not hindsight. Go back and listen to. March 26th episodes of, you know, Locked on Niners, Peacock yeah. and Williamson, or right, Locked right. on NFL at the time, I think. And, uh, um, and, and Locked on 49ers. Um, there was that draft. There was that dozen, 12, 13 blue chip guys that we knew oh, yeah. that we were talking about, right? And the 49ers Stars. were already in that zone. So it shouldn't shock people that all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, Waddle and Devontae Smith and Parsons and Rishon Slater were all good players. And Patrick Sertan is like, no, we knew that. That was that class. It was like, there's these 12 or 13 guys, depending on how many quarterbacks are going to go. They're all really good players. And the Niners were already in that blue chip zone that they traded. They stayed in. And that's why Miami Dolphins, when they got that call, were like, yes, please, we will we will move back. Because we have so many to pick from. Yeah. So it's a great point, too, about the quarterbacks. Like, in that draft, obviously, there was like Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell that didn't play the year before, but they're not quarterbacks. Yes. Cast- Castle's a great one. I wonder if sometime in history... Was there a stud quarterback that like blew out his knee in the bowl game, didn't play his senior year, or blew it out in, you know, uh, spring ball or something like that, and still got picked? Or and, and if that happened, it was probably a a D one guy who already yeah. started for three years, you know. Right. So right. it's just it's a wild situation with San Francisco 49ers, uh, and and they're not hurt by it, which is maybe the wildest part of all of it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So I have one quick 49er follow up here. It. Do you think this now gets the Bosa deal done? Because now you opened up that cap space, right? Okay, you know what? I, let's wait. Let's, other on the other okay, side, yeah. let's talk about Bosa. Um, that's a really interesting one still for the 49ers. Josh Jacobs back with the Raiders now, and the mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor 
fake deadline for a trade to happen is coming up very soon as well. In fact, it's coming up tomorrow. Let's get into all of that and some preseason awards next. Today's episode of Locked On 49 or Locked On today's episode episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. August is here. I just had one of my uh, old league drafts this weekend. And when you hit August on the calendar, the beginning of September is a week left. A lot of people probably drafting Labor Day weekend. It's fantasy football drafting season. So get championship ready for those home leagues by trying out best ball drafts on underdog fantasy. They helped me immensely. The underdog or the uh, best ball drafts I did on underdog getting ready for my league drafts that are coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And all you do with best ball is you do one live snake draft and then that's it. There's no waivers. There's no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for you ever seen every single week based on who you drafted all season long. So try it out with underdogs, best ball mania tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time back again this season and even bigger $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner last year, the winner drafted their team early. So don't wait around visit underdogfantasy.com to find uh, or find them on the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code. Locked on. Okay, so you brought up, Matt, the uh, the Nick Bosa stuff with the 49ers. Yeah. And I have not been worried about it. And a lot of 49ers fans are worried. And it's it's kind of, you know, because fans are less patient than than teams are. And I knew this is going to be a tough negotiation. It's uh, the 49ers. It's going to be the 49ers' biggest contract they've ever given out. And he's going to make a ton of money. Um, and the Bosa's are tough negotiators, right? We already know this. Right. right. So... I said, ah, you know, let's get him in with enough time to have a week of practice and get ready to play for week one. So Labor Day was like my thing. Like, look, if we come back from Labor Day weekend and Bosa's not signed, then we can start talking about it and get worried. But Rappaport had an interesting, he came on local radio in the Bay Area, Ian Rappaport from NFL uh, Network and NFL.com. And he said, this one could go into the season because there's been really no conversations recently between these two teams. You can't hammer out a deal if the two sides aren't talking. And this is the 49ers flagship station. That interview was then taken down from the website later Hmm. by uh, the radio station, which tells me that 49ers are like, Hey, we don't want stuff getting leaked out here. And so maybe that could be the beginnings of, Oh, you know, agent leaks, team leaks, and so, um, and Rappaport had the re- the first, he was the first guy that had the report about the Trey Lance trade. So, and he's talking to somebody behind in, the, yeah, right, like right. the inside maybe. And I don't think the 49ers, because they, they don't, they don't want that out there and they don't like leaking stuff. And so the, the, I, that was the moment I said, Oh, you know what? Maybe this Nick Bosa negotiation is going to be more difficult than I thought. Uh, and, and it might not get done before the season starts, which that would be a disaster for the 49ers more so than any effects this season that the trade Lance trade will have. Interesting. I, I kind of, I didn't know any of that. I kind of thought maybe the Bosa camp and the Niner camp have a contract in place. And Nick, just wait until we get Lance off the books and then you can sign this. Yeah, but uh, it nope. doesn't sound like that's it's, it, it's not at, all. Right, right, right. at all. Yeah. They, it's, yep. it's not even related. So um, that's an interesting one to keep an eye on Chris Jones as well with the holdouts yep. that continue, but Josh Jacobs, Real quick, I recommend Nick sits out week one and then comes back. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Already, man. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't like that home dog 
in Pittsburgh week one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. With the way Kenny Pickett's been playing. We'll get to that a little bit later. But <laughs> um, one holdout that is over now is Josh Jacobs back with the Las Vegas Raiders going the Saquon Barkley route and uh, using that blueprint, it looks like, to figure that one out for at least one more season. Yeah, I don't know much to add to that. I mean, you, you laid that perfect. It's the exact Saqu- Saquon outlet. I mean, he's getting a little more money now, blah, blah, blah. I mean, is this the new trend with backs? Maybe. And it really isn't all that great for the running backs. It's not exactly what they want. Well, it's, it's what the teams want. And the team's like, okay, yeah. cool. We'll give you $1 million more than the uh, – because the, the, clearly they weren't trying to sign him long-term, or at least they were, weren't trying to give him what he wanted long-term. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for these backs, we'll see if like you know if Taylor and and Saquon Barkley stay healthy all year and uh, you know have a no trade or a no uh, no franchise tag you know clause with, with that extra little year bump that they got for the Good final point. year. And you're on the market, and then you get teams bidding on you. That's how you get the most money. So mm-hmm. I, I see it from the running back side too. You just gotta you gotta have that season again and, and stay healthy, which you know that which is you know the big thing with running backs and the, and the attrition. And this is also like the Lance Nugget you mentioned. You know, pre-draft, everyone has tons of cap space. You know, now's a hard time to add players. <laughs> you know? Right, and teams right. are trying to like trade away guys right now because that they don't that they don't want to cut. And uh, we're going to see a lot of minor trades, and we've seen a few of those already as as cut down day comes on Tuesday, and which is also the deadline, right? That it was was it I the think Indian- so? Yeah, Indianapolis Colts imposed a deadline for. John Taylor and his agent to go out and find a trade. And there have been trade negotiations. Apparently the uh, Miami Dolphins have been the hottest and heaviest team after him, but have not satisfied the Indianapolis Colts with that trade package as of yet. And if it's not done by Tuesday and cut down day, then the Indianapolis Colts are planning on going about business as usual with Jonathan Taylor on their roster this year. Yeah. And again, not a ton to add to that, but I do think it's an interesting note. Hopefully, for our sake, in the next 24 hours, there is a move. That could be a, a big trade. I think Miami makes all the sense in the world, but there's some other teams that would be interested. And I heard Mike Lombardi talking about this with, from a GM's perspective, and he thought there might be two avenues. He thought that maybe a team, and I'm just throwing this team out there, like the Chiefs or Bills, would just say, Jonathan, we're going to trade for you, but not extend you. You know, We're going to rent you for this year put you in a phenomenal environment to succeed, the Eagles come to mind. You know, maybe win the Super Bowl, enhance your stock, then we'll talk, or you can hit the market. And then there's the teams that would trade for them and extend them all at once. You know, and maybe there's two avenues there for him to change teams contractually. Where do you think these guys are now, Jacobs and Taylor, with with fantasy impact? Because – and like the Dolphins are impacted too, because you know you, you don't want to draft Jeff Wilson Jr. because he's already a, a committee back, right? Or Mostert mm-hmm. or A Chain, if they're going to go trade for Jonathan Taylor. So you're you're trying to figure out, okay, well, where do you draft Taylor? Because if he's on Miami, it's still good. If he's on the Colts, that's still good. But you can get him mid second round pick now. He's a first round guy. And John, uh, Josh Jacobs has been the same way. He's like, well, this is a first round guy, and you're getting him in the second round of your leagues. Are you drafting Jacobs back in the first round on Labor Day weekend? Where do you draft Taylor? What do you think about these two as far as fantasy goes? I've been sort of avoiding them, and I've been avoiding Jacobs just because of the workload he had last year and Barkley as well. I mean, he really faded down the stretch. So, real quick, here's my top 10 backs, real subject to change. McCaffrey, Eckler, I think Bijan's number three for me, Chubb, Pollard, Saquon, Ramondre, 
Jacobs, Taylor, Henry. But I don't think I want Barkley, Jacobs, Taylor, Henry. I, I mean, I'm like everybody in shying away, but they're bargains right now. I'm the opposite. I love the bargain. Okay, you're jumping on second it. Round, I'm doing backflips if I get Taylor or Jacobs. Okay. I think you will. It's because where you get them, and I can see why you would avoid them in the mid first. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't see how there's a big separation between Eckler and those guys. So that's why I love I getting them in the second round. Okay. Next, we've got preseason notes and awards and a couple other players I'm huge on in fantasy football leagues this week. Uh, as cemented after seeing preseason week number three and PFF's awards as well for the preseason. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater, Everything you could think of that you need tickets to go see near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have at your event. I've used game time already for going to see the San Francisco Giants locally, and it's so awesome. You get a Friday night off, and you think, oh, wait a second. Giants are in town. Let me head down to the yard, and I can go find my tickets day of. And, you know, basically right up to the time of the game and get a nice deal and go get some tickets, go catch a ball game. Uh, It's fantastic. Love the game time app and, you know, forget planning months in advance for some of those events. Game time has the deals on tickets right up to that day of the event, exclusive flash deals, tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and tons more. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. So download the game time app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. One, My biggest takeaway this weekend from all of the preseason games, and it was nice to see Bryce Young get on the board and, and start to yeah. play a little bit better, and some of the young quarterbacks. We've talked a lot about the rookie quarterbacks. I want to talk about an old guy. I want to talk about an old quarterback who's been talked a lot about this offseason, but we finally saw him on the field for the New York Jets, and that is Aaron Rodgers. And just it's just a remote because it's funny because I've watched so much Trey Lance and you know Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold covering the 49ers, and I've watched so much Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and, and Justin Fields, and you're trying to you're trying to figure out who are these good next who what's the next generation of quarterbacks gonna look like? And then you watch a series of Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, oh, that's right. That's what it looked like. Just so far away, movies, yeah. Right? We're checking here. Here's this. Whoop, whoop. And it's like, oh, my God. I mean, it's going to be so good for the Jets this year with Aaron Rodgers. And the connection of Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, finding oh, him man. on, you know, smoke screen, down the field, um, in the red zone. Uh, Garrett Wilson's a stud. Aaron Rodgers is a stud. That connection, I'm all in. I watched that game. I drafted him in my home league draft this weekend, both of them. Uh, I'm all in. Give me all the Jets, and especially give me all the Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. Yeah, uh, again, uh, noteworthy that you see him out there in green uh, other than hard knocks, and he is a total master craftsman. Um, Back to fantasy, I'm pulling up my receiver list, and I have Wilson, like, neck and neck with Amon Ross St. Brown and Chris Olave and, you know, knocking on the door of, like, Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. I think he's up for a monster, monster season, special player. Yeah. I'm glad you also mentioned Bryce Young, though. I mean, it's finally some good momentum for the first overall pick. 
Right. And it might be a rough season trying to figure out yeah, who yeah. the top receiver is going to be there in Carolina. Fantasy-wise, probably an offense to avoid for the most part. Uh, but we'll see what that ends up looking like there. And, you know, you're just – you're as they say, you're stacking days for some of those young quarterbacks. And it, it's yeah. about 2024 and 2025, not so much the 2023 season right now with, with some of those guys. And just, you know, don't be terrible. Don't get hurt. So you end up like Trey Lance and, and you, you can't show your your team uh, who you are and, and earn that future job. So speaking of injuries, I think we do have to mention Brian Jensen. I mean, that one's rough. But overall, Jensen aside, I mean, he's he's out for the year, folks, and maybe out for the career back-to-back. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a foundational guy for them. But all in all, we didn't get hit crazy hard. I mean, like Judy might miss some time. McLaurin's got something. Smith the Jigba's got something. But overall, there weren't many catastrophic injuries this preseason, luckily. Uh, it, it might have been one of the smoothest preseasons as far yeah. as big-time catastrophic injuries, too, especially the star players and starting players around the NFL. A lot of guys are like, I don't kind of week one, maybe we'll be back here, maybe miss some time, maybe back right before the season. So, um, yeah, and definitely things to monitor with those players. But, you know, mostly, knock on wood here, uh, good news there on the injury front for this preseason. I want to Tampa, dive Tampa couldn't afford a big injury there. Well, they, that was a long year for yeah, that. And, and that was yeah. a tough one, especially for a player who was already, I think, hanging on and, and considered maybe not being or being back after his last major injury. So that's a mm-hmm. tough one. PFF gave out their preseason awards this year. And uh, there's a couple of Steelers on the list, Matt. And we had kind of given our own preseason award to Kenny Pickett. And he's their pick at quarterback. I've loved what I've seen. And I'm pretty sure you've loved what you, you've seen from the second year quarterback. Yeah, he's very, very impressive. And I will say the Steelers played the Falcons and Bucks, who couldn't have put worse teams out there. But they also played the Bills and Josh Allen and number one defense, and they destroyed all three opponents. And I think Pickett led five drives, all for touchdowns, perfect passer rating. We'll see if he can take it to the next level, but he's very impressive. Herbig from the Steelers, who we also talked about after that preseason game, uh, getting the nod along the edge some of these players though they're you know they're preseason award winners because they played so much because they're you know they're back of the roster players you you don't necessarily want to be the guy that plays the most in preseason it's almost like the the crash davis award you know i mean the most home runs in minor league history type of thing you know like it's funny i was telling you this off the air and it it applies to all teams but i wrote an article that just came out today about Steelers snap count in the preseason and guys like the first-round pick, Jones, had the most snap counts. Well, because they're trying to work on him. He's not going to get cut. Right. But right behind him was, like, Gunnar Olszewski. Like, here's a ton of opportunity, Gunner, to show us you're better than we think you are. But you're probably not getting cut. Yeah. You know Gunner, I mean? can you win a Gunner job? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can, you, can you make it on special teams? And we'll see a lot of you. Um, here's one. Wide receiver, uh, Amir Smith-Marset from the interesting. Kansas City yeah. And the Kansas City Chiefs are fascinating. Speaking about fantasy, I think you and I have talked about, I, I like Sky Moore, but man, Kadarius Toney, one of those guys nicked up a little bit. Is he going to be force-fed the football there? Could he be the, the target for fantasy leagues because of where you can get him and what he could potentially be? I mean, it is wide open. Maybe Amir Smith-Marset is the one to own because he's free in your fantasy leagues. He's a watch list guy, right? Maybe he doesn't even make the team. I don't know. But Rasheed Rice, the second rounder, had some nice plays in the preseason. How do you treat the non-Kelsey pass catchers in that Kansas City Chiefs offense? For fans? I, hate to, I hate to say I am avoiding them, but well, I'm not because Sky Moore to me has ended up on my my best ball teams quite a bit. 
I'm pulling up my ranks though. I have more 44 and Tony 45. I think most people have Tony ahead of more, but I think there's a real learning curve in that offense. And more is a guy we were talking about me driving on the wrong side of the road when we were in Turks and Caicos, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so the, I don't really trust the super young dudes, you know, the rookie, but Smith Mirset is pretty interesting to me in that he has a little bit of a, I liked him coming out of school and now he's in a situation where he's probably gonna make the team and he's got as good a shot as any almost. I don't trust Tony at all. And this, this says a lot about me because I want to gamble on who that like Z wide receiver is, you know, Mm -hmm. the spot guy that gets targeted the most. And because the guy that we know the most about is uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling and we kind of know his role, but I'm like, ah, that's, that's boring. Boring. He's going to be the X receiver. We know what he's going to be, but maybe that's the best thing to own in that Kansas city offense. Cause you know what he's going to be for them. But for me, I ended up with uh, this weekend, I ended up with Kadarius Tony because he went later than I expected. When I was targeting Sky Moore, Sky Moore ended up going first, and I would have taken Sky Moore first, but he went. So I was like, okay. well, I think this is too good. It's too good to pass up a little part of this offense. And so whether it's Rasheed Rice late, and again, I'm with you. It's like we saw it with Sky Moore last year. It's a little bit more difficult for rookie receivers in the NFL. Give me all the rookie running backs in fantasy leagues and in redraft leagues. But the rookie receivers, yeah, I, I need to get a bargain there because it can be more difficult, especially to start the season. But man, uh, at the at the place I got Kadarius Tony, you know, later rounds, it's like, yeah, give me a piece of that Chiefs offense and maybe you hit big on one. That's the way I'm looking at it. In my deep dynasty leagues, I picked up Richie James a while ago too. I think he's a decent player. Yeah, I mean, he was I mean, he was the leading receiver for the New York Giants last year, and and he can do a lot of things. You can put him in a lot of different places on offense. So uh, if Kadarius Tony's hurt, Richie James might have that role. Maybe, maybe. There's one other name on this list that I thought was really impressive, and it's the edge rusher for the Packers, Kingsley Egabare. I, I, I butcher his last name, but they have a lot of depth now all of a sudden with Rashawn Gary coming back and Van Ness, and their front better be good. It's all first-round picks. And Egabare, to me, stood out every time I watched them in the preseason. I just want to throw that name out there. And it's uh, – it's- for the young players that are fighting for roster spots that are, um, you know, maybe players that look like they're going to be high-end backups or, you know, maybe even future starters in the league, it's a good sign to have, you know, like the Browns have Luke Whipler. And by the way, the Browns draft good looks one. phenomenal at this point. We haven't seen any real games yet, but uh looks good so far. Uh, Steelers all over it. You said how they beat up on everybody. Connor Hayward looks like he's in a stick in that sort of what H-back role. He's, he, I keep comparing him to your boy Usechek. I mean, yeah. he's, he's he's very Usechek esque. Yeah, yeah, tight end, fullback, and it, for a team that doesn't want to roster a, a fullback only to right. be able to do a lot of different things and line up in multiple spots, I think is key. I think we're gonna see a lot more of that H back style player in the NFL, and he's a nice one there for for the Steelers. So good job, Steelers preseason. We'll see if that you know works out in the regular season. A uh, couple more here. Malcolm Rodriguez is like the perennial preseason superstar for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Eli Ricks for the Eagles, young corner there trying to uh, to win a job. And then I think this one's funny because, uh, and apologies, Lions fans, I don't know much about Stephen Gilmore, but it's funny because you get like, you got Stephon Gilmore, and it's like the bizarro world Stephen Gilmore is like the preseason version at, at cornerback. And so well, I don't know if he's going to make the team or anything. A lot of these guys, it's tough, but. Um, I did the same thing. I read it. I'm like, Stephon Gilmore's on this list? What? Why would he be? No, that's a different guy. Okay. It's like his twin brother that didn't get <laughs> as many of the genetic advantages as, as the other brother did. Twins, yeah. I mean, it's DeVito. Uh, last note, too, is I didn't study every snap of offensive line play for the Bears, but I thought it was interesting that they put the Bears as their offensive 
line of the preseason, which is exactly what you want to hear. They put a lot of resources into that line. And yeah, I did watch a lot of uh, that third preseason game with Justin Fields. And it does feel like his process is speeding up, getting the ball out quicker. When he leaves the pocket, he's not leaving into trouble and his pocket is better while he's there. So, you know, all signs pointing to a positive. Now Justin Fields has to be that last piece and utilize DJ Moore and utilize Darnell Mooney and utilize a better offensive line, not get sacked as much and and start taking the, uh, you know, the quick game stuff. And, and so, you know, process there. And it, it looks looking up for that Bears offense for sure. I think so. I mean, they, they obviously the whole offseason was let's dedicate a ton of resources to finding out if Fields is the man and make him as successful as possible. No more excuses. I mean, this is third year. Third year for a quarterback is an eternity. Yeah, it's uh, there's no more variable. I think outcome right now than the Bears offense and Justin Fields because he could be Jalen Hurts superstar in six months. He could be. We're drafting a quarterback mm-hmm. with one of our extra first round picks next year, and he's on an, and he's where he's starting again like Trey Lance is right now. Like yeah. both of those outcomes are possible. And it's almost and you like, mentioned this. It's almost like there'll be no middle outcome. Yeah, people don't think draft this time of year, but everyone always realizes the Cardinals might have the first two picks in this draft. Well, Bears and Panthers could be both top 10 picks, or maybe if disaster happens, top five picks. I mean, they're gonna have resources. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You know? Well, the, the yeah, the Bears with the Panthers pick. That's what I mean, right? The, yeah, they yeah, have exactly. theirs. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, good stuff there. That's uh, a wrap on the preseason 2023. We're going to have more guests coming through talking about those specific franchises as we head into the 2023 season. And, of course, our season predictions coming up on future episodes of Peacock and Williamson. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts.